What up, folks? What it do? Welcome to another episode of the best advice ever podcast with your boy, the Bowtie Comedian, Bowtie Comedy, the Bowtie, Mike Goodwin. That's how it sounds on my intro. Now, it doesn't say all those Bowtie superlatives. I don't even think those are superlatives. Those Bowtie descriptives. But we're back. We're back in action. Welcome to February. Black History Month. We in it. We're doing it. And as I always start the podcast, I talk about being on the road again, which I was. I actually had an event, two events this week. I was in Grove Town, Georgia. That is about 10 miles outside of Augusta. Uh, and I don't even know if it's 10. But I did the Chamber of Commerce uh, banquet gala for Columbia County. So that's the CSRA. I always used to get that confused because I, I, I lived in Augusta for about like four months, four or five months. I did my officer basic course there. And I always, always would hear about the CSRA. You would talk about it on the radio station. You listening in to the hip hop station of the CR or the CSRA. That's why I always mess up CR instead of CSRA. And I was in the fine state of Georgia doing this Chamber of Commerce event. It was great. I had a great time. I did. I did a comedy slash keynote. So it's interesting when people bring you in, they have an expectation. Mm -hmm. So the descriptor of what they were asking for me to do 75% comedy, 25% keynote, but basically heavy on the comedy. Interesting to try to create a presentation that meets and fits what the client is looking for. Cause typically I'm either doing a stand up comedy set or I'm doing my keynote. The keynote is a version of a stand up and a speech, but it's, it's not the same. So it's a little interesting to try to do the majority of stand up, but then do a, keynote component within it and I'm at that point in my career where you have to massage your your offerings you know, the folks that hire you want a particular thing and you have the skill set but the challenge for me is merging the two in a way that meets the need of what they're of what you're asked for, but you're not really 
setup maybe the worst word I, that's just not what I, I do it's like going to a restaurant and they bring you the menu and let's say for instance this particular menu has or like when you go to an event and they say hey we have two choices you could do the steak or the chicken and you say hey i want some steak with a little bit of that chicken you like, hey man, steak or chicken? You know, I want both, but not a lot of the chicken. You know, I want a leg. Can you bring me 75% of the steak that you would have brought and then bring me a chicken leg? So now the chef or the caterer has to make extra effort to provide what the client is looking for. And that's what happened. I ended up giving a little steak, giving up steak and chicken, which is fine. And we had a great time. Actually, it was a college friend of mine, Robbie Bennett, been working in Augusta probably the last 13 years. So we were able to reconnect but it was just a great event. I watched them install a new board chair that happened to be an African-American woman. First time that has happened. So that was monumental, significant. And I picked up a comedy speaking jewel. You always can pick up comedy speaking jewels when you're out and about at these types of it was a very well done event high class event nice food ambiance very well done and they did a number of, of community awards and the thing that i'm i'm very i was very excited about and something that I'm working on as it relates to, to business is how to be more engaging on stage, whether that's using humor, whether that's using story, just trying to have a better human connection. So that's something that I'm cultivating and developing so that I can provide. I do have a course that is on my website called The Secret Sauce. And it's how to add humor to your speak speeches, trainings, your presentations. But at this event, a lot of people did the very thing that I'm always encouraging folks to do. And it's to tell your story. Tell your story. You should have stories that directly come from your life to exp explain your experiences and who you are. And this actually will connect greatly with the best advice ever today that I would share. But a number of the folks that were on stage shared a story that allowed the audience to connect. And then there were some other organizations I wish that they would have told a story. They were very gracious and brief, but I wish that they would told one story, one example of how their organization is in, is impacting the community. But this one lady, she 
she won this award and she said something great. It's a great comedy nugget that you can use and take and write down. And she was very emotional. You know, reading accolades of this person. And the buildup is is suspenseful. And they, they called her name and this woman who you, who's been serving for a number of years. I think she's retired, actually, but is still very a- active. And she was visibly emotional and she got on stage and she was sharing her, her, her comments. And she basically said, Hey, look guys, I, you know, I'm emotional and I really didn't want to be emotional because I only cry one way ugly. And so that's, that was a great comedy moment. That was a great, humorous opportunity for the audience to laugh, for her to kind of gather herself, compose herself and share the rest of her story, which was tremendous. She had a tremendous story. She, I think she had a heart surgery at the age of six and the Red Cross, or I think the Red Cross was very instrumental in paying for her, her surgery, her heart surgery. And she's been indebted to that organization and to the community. Her father impressed upon her at that moment of her life that it's important for her to give back because people have given to her to make this possible. So that was, that was Thursday. Then Friday, I went to the great state of Massachusetts. Massachusetts, home of Paul Revere. You forget how historic Massachusetts is until you get up there and you get on the interstate. They have a U.S. 1, like 1A. Like that's the beginning of the interstate. They They have like the first road, U.S. 3. Then they had everything. They had turnpikes, roundabout. Four-way stops. It's like, hey, man, was this a laboratory for traffic? But it was interesting. I, I went to the city of, of Worcester. Worcester, which is about 50 miles outside of Boston. And it's what they call the heart of the Commonwealth. Very beautiful part of the country. That's one thing I've noticed and I continue to notice, and I say it often. There's so much beauty and diversity in this country from city to city, state to state, commonwealth to municipalities, all the different parts of the states. And I realize that we have more alike than we have that separates us. But went to Wooster, which is an interesting way to because it's spelled W-O-S-C-E-S-T-E-R. So I immediately wanted to say Worcestershire or something different, but it's, it's they use the, the English pronunciation, New England, Worcestershire. And I found out that they have a IFL, the Indoor Football League. And they are probably one of maybe one or two teams that's even in the Northeast. The majority of the teams are out 
out west. Texas, Nebraska. It's some, it's some interesting. It's interesting. The indoor football. It's it's a. They are the. What was the name of their team? I think they were the Pirates. Yeah, I think they're the Massachusetts Pirates or the Worcester Pirates. Very interesting. It actually was a kid that played for their team that's from Columbia, South Carolina. I think he went to college at Liberty. I'm always learning things. Now, the other thing I learned, there's a statue in town. And this is not, this is not favorable. <laughs> Sometimes you go to people's cities and find out information that they may not want you to find out or may not be the most talked about. It's like going on a college campus and doing the tour. It's about that time for my daughter for us to start doing college tours so when you go on the, on these tours they have a, a it's a, it's a script they already know where they want to take you they want to take you to the model room they're not taking you to the hungover ran out in my pajamas in my bed bathroom bath shoes bath what are they slip-ons flip-flops they don't take you to the room where folks don't clean up after they sell. No, they take you to the model. They take you to the one or two rooms that the student ambassadors are in and they're, night, they're neat and tidy. They don't take you to the room where folks are illegally growing marijuana. They don't take you to those rooms. You, know, you don't get to see that on the campus tour. <laughs> you got to get off the campus tour to see the real deal. And so in Wish in in, in Wisher, Worcester, Wooster, and Wooster, I was doing a little research, looking around, bumping around on the internets, and I found that they have a statue called the Turtle Boy. You should check it out. Check it out and let me know what you think about the Turtle Boy. But that was uh that was Friday, and they were freezing. Look, I'm one of these guys. I meet the expectations that are presented in front of me. I show up with my game face on. I'm a professional. I'm a soldier. I'm going to get it done. The cold that I experienced this weekend had me feeling inadequate. Like I was not ready. No, sir. I left to go back because I mean, again, I, the airport is forty miles. So I got up. I, you know, I get up in the wee hours. I think I would. Man, I think I literally. This is the first time this has ever happened. I, so I went to bed. I'm thinking around eleven, with the plans to get up at four a.m. and to be out of the hotel by four thirty. I literally popped up. At 12.30, thinking I had missed my alarm and got started getting dressed. Like I got up, went in the bathroom, brushed my teeth. I was getting the T-shirt out. I was putting the deodorant out. Like I was getting, I think I even got as far as putting my pants on. And I looked at the clock and it was 12.30 in the morning. I was like, bro, what are we doing out here? What are we doing? 
I'm telling you, this has never happened. Then I kept waking up. I kept waking up. So when I finally got downstairs to leave, I get to the desk. Here I am. I'm talking about coat, book bag, suitcase. Young lady comes from behind the desk. Is like, you ready to check out? Come on, man. No, I ain't ready to check out. I'm just early for breakfast. I heard y'all had a tremendous cheese omelet, and I didn't want to miss it. So I gathered all my goods. I had left eight hours worth of sleep in that room, and I came out here preparing myself for this continental breakfast, oatmeal, cheese omelets, and apple juice. No, man, what? Yes, ma'am, I am ready to check out. And I walked outside. It was 11, minus 11 degrees. I wanted no parts. And and typically when I roll around that time in the morning, I'm very alert. I'm like, somebody could be up to no good. There could be some villains in the parking lot going to pop you over your head, take your bag, whatever. Not at negative 11 degrees. Nobody's out there waiting to pop you over the head. No, sir. I want to go get gas and just, just, you know, I'm in the rental car. Got to fill it up. And the gas tank is like, nah. One moment, please. And one moment was like three minutes. I was like, hey, I'm not built. I can't take it. So I was trying to get the gas. Let me tell you how. And I'm, I'm, not, I'm not cheap, but I'm very mindful of money. So I had to go in and prepay. And so I don't know. It's a rental car. I need to put about a quarter tank of gas. I, I, don't, I don't know. I'm not familiar with this gas measurement. So the guy going there, the guy said 40. I said, nah, that's, that's a bit much. I don't think it's 40. I said, man, let's try 30. He prepaid for $30 of gas. I'm out there, the wind whooping me, putting his hands all on me disrespectfully. And I don't want to fight back. I want to ball up and say, uncle, that's how bad I'm talking about. I ain't got nothing for it. So I'm pumping the gas and I'm realizing pretty quickly. Yeah, it's less than 30. So it started slowing down to like 18. So I put, I tried, you know, I got another $2. I got $20. I got in that rental and I drove away. They can keep that little fucking $10. You keep that 10. I'm not going back inside. And I thought about saying, man, I need to go get the brick. No, bro. I'll take that 10 loss. I'll take that L. Woo! I'm still a little frozen. I'm still a little, I'm still a little chilly. So that was on the road. And that's how I got down. And I know I'm not built for that New England cold. No, sir. No, ma'am. But for the moment y'all been waiting for, this is now the good part. Not the good part. It's all good. But this is the the meat of the meal. And this is the best advice ever podcast. So this is where I give you the best advice. And this is a tough one. It's very difficult. I'm of the opinion, and I've realized this, just because something simple doesn't mean that it's not hard. The most simple things are difficult to execute so today's best advice ever is to fight 
for your individuality. Be unique. Do you. Now, that is very simple, but it's very hard because I've learned that in life, life literally tries to beat the uniqueness out of you, your imagination, your creativity. Life constantly tells you to submit, assimilate, be cookie cutter. One size should fit all. That's what life presents, man. Life presents information that's like, look, stop trying to stand out. Blend in. Don't make waves. Go alone to get alone. Don't rock the boat. It's the wildest thing. You have been created uniquely, specifically. There's no one that is better at being you than you. No one can do what you do. And I'm I'm falling victim. I'm falling victim just is very clear in my appearance. For over the last what two things. I've I've allowed myself to put on a little poundage. And as a relation, you know, and this is where you get this is where you get in trouble because you compare yourself to other people and uh, compared to other folks, I'm like, oh, I'm good, but I'm not comparing myself to other people. I'm comparing myself to me. People are like, oh, you look good. Yeah, y'all look good to you. I don't look good to me. And it's not even about looking good. There's a particular standard that I want to hold myself to. I want my jackets to fit a particular way. I want to look a particular way. I want to have the ability to try different looks and styles with the clothes that's in my closet. Not having to go get new clothes. And I don't, those clothes, if they're not fitting, I have allowed myself too much fun, too much food and drinks. <laughs> and so that's one of the ways I've just allowed myself to like, oh man, come on, bro. Be a little harder on yourself. Let's take a little vacation, a little relax, relax. It doesn't matter. You put on 10 extra pounds, it does. And then the other thing I've done, I've just dumbed down my look. I'm, I'm super with the blazers and the sneakers and the, and the jeans because I, I, for whatever reason, this dressing, the way that I, it's a lot. And people, oh, man, why are you so dressed up? Where you going? Where you head? Like, it just wears you down. I'm on stage. Who does cat think he is? Why? why oh man, you making the rest of us look bad and on and on. It's hard to be you, man. Don't let life beat it out. You hold on. And it feel like it's mixed messages, right? Because we hear things like it's bigger than you. It's not all about you. There's no I in team, right? So on one end, you're told, be an individual, be unique, stand out. And the other one, you're told, sit down, be quiet. Don't bring attention to yourself. 
And I'm thinking more and more. And I, I thought about this this morning. I love sports. I hate sports fans. I really do. I love sports, hate sports fans. And, and the reason I was talking about, you know, I'm a, I'm a huge South Carolina fan. And so I'm on these message boards and different things with other fans. And we got folks starting to talk about the basketball program, the men's basketball program. Dawn Staley versus Lamont Chestnut. Lamont Chestnut. I went to school with Lamont Chestnut. Lamont Paris is the coach in South Carolina. And folks were saying, hey, you can't compare women's sports to men's sports and da-da-da-da-da-da. And, and some truth to that. But the piece that I think that people are missing as it relates to Dawn Staley, Dawn Staley created a brand. Before the win started happening, before she was a, a perennial all-star program, all-American players coming to the University of South Carolina, she created a brand. They don't have fans. They have fams. You know, it's the beehive like Beyonce. We're the G-Hive at South Carolina. She created a brand. And so when you create a brand, you attract those that you want to attract and you repel those that you want to repel. And that's what called, that's what being yourself does. You're, I kind of think about it as a brand. Think of yourself as a brand. And that's when, when, when I say I hate sports fans, so I get in that, that conversation and folks just want to, argue I think sometimes but what I walked away from that conversation I had with someone is like how do I amplify my brand how do I make my brand more attractive and I got to get back to the things that make me stand out the bow tie the, the sharp dressing telling who I am my story opening up and being transparent and so that you're not having these assumptions of who Mike Goodwin is, I'm being very deliberate to tell you this is who I am and this is who I'm not. And I'm super comfortable with that. So that's today's information. Today's the best advice ever today is to do you. Fight for your individuality. Fight for it. And not just going to let you be who you are. I just was in a meeting with, <laughs> with Andrew Young, and I can't say what he said. But he said, don't let those blankety blanks get you down. That was his ending remarks. And if you want to know what the blankety blanks is, it's, the, it's what you think it is. It's the big, big cuss word. <laughs> it's the big one with the, with the M and the, the other letter. Don't let those get you down. Do you. Be yourself. All right. We've come to the end of another podcast. Before we leave, you got to do the what you're not going to do. What you're not going to do is, uh, I'm not going to look at a story that is is really, is based on my life and my relationship with my wife. Uh, What you're not going to do is think Mike Goodwin's out here in these streets tipping and dipping no sir no ma'am and i'll explain to you why that's the case when i got married to my wife my wife and i went to college together and when i met my wife we were there was an attraction there but i wasn't in a place to be in a relationship i was like uh the community basketball courts anybody could play come on if you 
I'm for the community. As the young people say it now, I was for the streets. And so I wasn't in a place to be anybody's boyfriend, significant boo thing. But we had this relationship and we developed this friendship. And my wife, over a course of time while we were in college, had to hear rumors and stories about the exploits of Mike Goodwin. And once I realized that my wife was the person I wanted to spend the rest of my life with, I committed myself many, many moons ago to say I will never make my wife feel as if she is not the number one in my life. So I, and I'm, I'm talking about, this was before comedy. So I'm very deliberate about uh, being mindful of the energy that I give. I don't give off no flirtatious. I don't, I don't give that energy out. So I don't receive it. And so that's, it's, it's been very interesting to me. And I, I'm talking to give about these holders, make sure you see my hands and pictures and all those things. I assure, and I can sit here and I can tell you without a shadow of a doubt. If Mike Goodwin takes an L, it will not be for infidelity. There's no woman on no road, on no trip, at no gig that's going to break the bond that I'm number one made with the Lord. Like I'm made, I'm, I'm very, what Pastor talks about covenants and vows. I'm very serious about my vows and my covenants. So what you're not going to do is ever question if Mike Goodwin is a faithful dude, because I am. That's what you're not going to do. Hey, thank you so much for tuning in. This episode, I do have to give you the word of the podcast. It's whippersnapper. It's whippersnapper. It's basically a young upstart a young, inexperienced, but overconfident individual. I thought it was kind of switches, and the young people would take the switches and call the switches a snapper, and so you're a whipper snapper, or the whipper, and then you snap the whipper. I think that has something to do. I don't know. But that's the podcast word of the day, man. Thank y'all so much. Please follow me. Subscribe. Write this web, uh, this, this podcast. Uh, let other people know about it. Send me questions also to info at MikeGoodwin.com. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of the Best Advice Ever podcast. It's your boy, Mike Goodwin. Peace.